0: This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards, and we continue our series with the anniversary of VJ Day approaching on August 15th with uh, authors who are experts on World War II and more specifically about the end of the war and the fighting that occurred in the Pacific. Well, a new book coming out next month on September 6th is The Cactus Air Force, Air War Over Guadalcanal by Eric Hamill and Thomas McKelvey Cleaver. The Battle of Guadalcanal... Was the first defensive operation undertaken by the U.S. and its allies in the Pacific War, the three months of air battles between August 20, 1942, and November 15th, when the last enemy attempt to retake the island was defeated, were perhaps the most important of the Pacific theater. Cactus was the code name for the island and became a sinkhole for Japanese air and naval power as they experienced losses that could never be made good. The late Eric Hamill was one of America's leading military historians with more than 40 well-received books published over a 50-year career. His previous books on the Solomon's Campaign, Carrier Clash, Carrier Strike, Decision at Sea, and Starvation Island are among the leading authoritative sources on the subject due to their extensive use of first-person testimony. Thomas McKelvey cleaver Has been a published writer for the past 40 years, with his most recent work being the best-selling Osprey titles, The Frozen Chosen in 2016, Pacific Thunder in 2017, Tidal Wave in 2018, and his most recent book, Going Downtown, uh, earlier this year. Uh, Tom served in the U.S. Navy in Vietnam and currently lives in California. Happy to have Thomas Cleaver join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Thomas, welcome to this program. Hi, how are you doing? So, what gave you and Eric at the time um, the idea to write this book, The Cactus Air Force?
1: Well, Eric wanted Eric had long wanted to do the book because he he started collecting interviews with these people back in in nineteen sixty in the nineteen sixties. In fact, one of the first interviews he did with uh, with the commander of Flight Three Hundred, who at the time he interviewed him was uh, was a was a Rear Admiral. He was seventeen. And when I saw the interview that he did, I wished I could have done it today. But the main value was he interviewed all these people fifty, fifty and sixty years ago when nobody else was, and they were all still here. And not just the people who, who've ended up with their names in the history books, but the the junior officers, the uh, the, the air the air crew, the uh, ground crews, uh, and uh, he and they provide a perspective that hasn't been. In the books, in before, and so he wanted to write this book, and he wanted to do it on first person, uh, on his collection of first person interviews, and he wanted to do it from the standpoint of the people who who hadn't been heard from before. Um, unfortunately, he got waylaid by Parkinson's disease in 2018, and in 2019, he and I were talking about it, and he made the comment that he. Uh, was having difficulty doing the physical act of doing the writing and once he had things organized and so i and I kind of owe him my career i mean you, you really wouldn 't know me if it, if he hadn 't first published me and encouraged me um, so I suggested that uh, he proceed with organizing his material and I could proceed with doing the scut work of the of creating the, the idea. He liked that. Um, Osprey liked the idea. They liked both of us. And so we started to proceed on that. But over the next several months, um, he continued to deteriorate from Parkinson's. And eventually um, that began in September of, of 2019. And eventually in April of 2020, he commented to me that he couldn't remember what he'd said to me before I replied to him and that he just couldn't continue. So we had to stop and then four months later he died and then about four or five months after that his son daniel um contacted me he'd been going through his father's material and he found our our emails and our work and he asked me if i would be interested in putting the book together as i as i had been doing and i said of course i was and so osprey was also happy to see the the title come back on uh, on active service and so Daniel sent me all of Eric's stuff, which turned out to be three and a half gigabytes of material. He had digitized all his interviews, um, and he has. A, um, it, there's a, there's the famous fight between between Saburo Sakai and uh, Jane Sutherland uh, when Sakai shot Sutherland down, and everybody knows the part about uh, about Sakai being later injured and flying back to flying back to Rabaul. Uh, half-blind half from, from blood loss and, and and losing his eye, and it's one of the great epics of survival in the air. But nobody ever paid any attention to what happened to, to, to Sutherland after he bailed out. Well, he landed on the island, and he was a good 30 miles away from the Marines, and it took him two weeks to get there, and he had quite an adventure. And Eric found that out, and that, and now that's in the story. Um, that's, that's just a good example of, of how this how this happened. So I put it all together for him, and now it's coming out, and it's Eric's last work.
0: So Eric interviewed uh, more than 150 American participants in the air campaign at Guadalcanal, and none of whom are still alive. So as you went through these interviews, what were your thoughts? What was their perspective of Guadalcanal?
1: Well, the, the interesting thing was that I... I realized that I was seeing stuff about Guadalcanal. I I've I read about Guadalcanal and studied it a lot. Uh, it, my, the, the whole campaign is in my book uh, under the Southern Cross, and I was learning new things. Um, the, the particularly good stuff was was uh, several diaries he'd been given, particularly the diary of Ensign Cash Register. Um, who started his diary in June of 42 when he first got sent to Hawaii, and it ended in October when he was evacuated from the island. Um, and it's a young guy who's 21, and, he, and he's not one of the people who, who's, who's, you know, getting firsthand information about where's where and what's what. And so he's reacting to the events, and he's scared. And, you know, and is is it all going to pan out? Uh you know, are we going to make it? And um, and that's an interesting perspective because that's a, um, my uh, my late father-in-law was was one of the Marines who was there, and uh, that was the attitude everybody had. Um, they they didn't know they didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, his uh, registers. Uh, Account of the sh- of, of the bombardment, which everybody who survived the bombardment—that's all they ever had to call it—was when the two battleships, um, the two Japanese battleships, shelled them for six hours. Um, my my father-in-law said it was like listen, it was like listening to to trains coming straight at you, um, mm. and he said that it was the six hours that he would never forget in his life, and that that was confirmed by these other accounts too.
0: So, Thomas, th- this Battle of Guadalcanal, those three months of uh, air battles, was this the most important of the Pacific Theater, in your opinion?
1: Yes, it was. Uh, everybody says that Midway was the battle. That's, the, what Midway did was it stopped further Japanese advances. It meant that uh, winning at Midway meant we weren't going to lose, at least not immediately. But with Guadalcanal, the result of Guadalcanal was that after Guadalcanal, the Japanese were never able to to, take, to undertake any offensive action, and the United States never was on defense. Um, and Guadalcanal, at the time of Guadalcanal, the, the the two countries were pretty evenly matched. The United the, the new the new Navy that had begun the construction in 1940 with the Two Ocean Navy Act hadn't arrived yet. They wouldn't arrive before 1943. Um, this was this was. Being fought, but with the survivors of Pearl Harbor, the the, the pre-war Navy, and uh, and the, and the Navy took, and the U.S. Navy took its greatest ship losses of the war in the in the in the Guadalcanal campaign. They took their greatest personnel losses at at Okinawa with the with the kamikazes. But they took they took there were as many sailors killed as there were Marines at, at Guadalcanal.
0: We're chatting with Thomas Cleaver. He, along with the late Eric Hamill, have written the book, The Cactus Air Force, Air War Over Guadalcanal. This book will be out on September 6th. The word cactus is in the title of the book. Cactus is the code name for the island. How did you yeah. meet Eric? How
1: did I meet Eric? Eric. Um, Uh, Actually, I first met him. He was lurking on a bookshelf at the aviation bookstore in Burbank back about 40 years ago. (laughs) I always like to say that because uh, that's where I found one of his books. And uh, I proceeded to read all of his books. And then in in 2011, I became friends with uh, Jay Stout, who's another aviation author. And he said, you know, you ought, to, you ought to meet Eric, because Eric's really good about helping people get started on this stuff. And he helped me, and I'll, you know, I'll introduce you. And so he did. And Eric called up, and it was supposed to be a 15-minute how-you-doing call. And we hung up four hours later with cauliflower ears, convinced that we were brothers of different mothers.
0: As part of the research, obviously, you go through all these interviews, and what's great about the interviews too is uh, I wanted to point out they involve the junior officers and enlisted men whose stories and memories were not part of the official history, and that uh, uh, provides a unique insight as well. What else uh, was part of the research process for you? Um,
1: just going through the material and, and you know, and ha- having so much, you know, being able to cut down to a you know, to. A, to a book. I mean, I, I probably could have written a book that it would have had many of the same stories, but I could have written a book at least double that size.
0: And what would you like readers to take away from this book, Thomas?
1: Um, the commitment of the guy. I mean, you know, nowadays, we're sitting here wondering whether we're, whether anything we do is going is to work. Uh, people are, you know, we, we, we've got, you know, nine, nine, 98 days till the midterms, and people are wondering, you know, Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? And is anything we do uh, going to be worth it? And uh, that's the same attitude that that, that they had there. And uh, basically all they could do was put their heads down and keep pushing and hoping. And uh, and I think that's a good metaphor for the rest of us.
0: He is Thomas Cleaver. He, along with the late Eric Hamill, has written a terrific book, The Cactus Air Force Air War Over Guadalcanal. It will be out on September 6th. Thomas, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Okay, thank you very much.
0: And this is Speaking of Writers.